0: Hello everyone. How are you doing this evening? I pray that you guys are doing good tonight. Amen. Good to see you and uh, welcome back. Just trying to situate myself here. (laughs) I go through a million different uh, angles trying to record on uh, live stream as well as IG. So there's two completely different angles. So I'm trying to make sure I got i both, both of you guys situated without knocking everything over. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm such a klutz. <laughs> but anyway, uh, welcome. Welcome to you guys who are uh, listening uh, by way of podcast, YouTube Live, YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and IG Live. Welcome to you guys, and uh, thank you for joining me this evening. Seems like there's a little bit of a shadow uh, over here on um on ig but i hope it's not too bad i've done my best with the lights i've just done my best (laughs) so we're not gonna we are not going to uh trip on it tonight amen (laughs) we're just gonna keep rolling um as long as you can see me and you can hear me then we should be good so if you can see me and you can hear me then just say what say i'm good or say yes (laughs) um so yeah so let me get the message on the screen for you guys tonight uh tonight's message is christology talking about the power of love the raw nature or the raw power of love god's love for us and uh this is another episode of this is kingdom this is kingdom uh which is uh the series that we uh that we um Release every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Amen. So let me grab some water here because you guys know um, how my throat, my uh, my voice gets. So I'm try to stay moisturized. You know. Um. Stay hydrated, that's what I'm trying to say Moistur- Speaking of moisturize like My hands are super ashy But yeah um, I didn't feel like running to the bathroom Again for the millionth time For lotion <laughs> So I gave up Anyway, I love you and um, I appreciate you And I hope that you guys had a wonderful weekend And that you um, uh, Were able to catch the message The message or the Prelude um, that I dropped yesterday uh the prelude to this message and uh we were talking about um god was asking uh the question do you love me do you love me we're talking it was talking about um uh passing the test of love or passing uh the test of god's uh, god's test of love or faithfulness or loyalty amen and um we uh We share that because uh, I I really want to, we really want to help um, people who are coming into the knowledge of God for the first time, coming into the knowledge of the Kingdom for the first time, uh, to be well equipped when they are coming in. Because I know that you know when 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 we started out, you know we didn't have a lot, we didn't get a lot of the a lot of the help that is available now. Um, we have to kind of learn things on our own, uh, kind of the hard way. And a lot of things I learned, I learned by hindsight, which I could have learned, you know, uh, foresight, you know what I mean? Had I, had I, uh, been taught those things. I think that, um, we were, we were basically trained in a main area or a main vein of ministry, uh, which for us, which, uh, which for us was faith you know, the apostolic, the prophetic uh, vein and um, the vein of faith, really, really learning faith and learning how to, uh, how to, you know, get to know God, you know, for yourself and things like that. And, 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 and I think that um, when people are first coming in, you know, there's some things about him that you will find out uh, the hard way if you're not, Prepared, you know what I mean, and you will actually think that, oh no, this can't be God, this can't be Jesus, it must be the devil. No, it's not. It's really Him, you know. But the problem is that uh, the American church or the standardized gospel, um, you know, um, the standard, the standard American church, I would say, or religious system has taught us another Jesus they have actually given us another Jesus I always say they sold him to us for tithes and offerings because you know I mean church kind of turned into a business you know what I mean and um the main focus was no longer on um you know getting to know the real Jesus getting to know the real Christ you know um the the focus became more about man than it than it was about Jesus, you know? And so, um, uh, r- really the focus, uh, not only became more about man and for the people in the pews, it became about the man, uh, or the woman that was leading that church. But, uh, I believe that for a lot of the leaders, it became about money. It became about money. They began to see growth. They began to see prosperity and, um, you know, They just, you know, they just start running after the wrong thing. That's just my personal opinion, you know, and that is what uh, I feel that the spirit of the Lord has shown me concerning the matter. And I don't think I'm wrong. I'm just going to say that. I don't think I'm wrong Um, because this is the main thing that God warns me against. He warns me against um, chasing after money, falling, you know, for, for the money game, the money scheme, you know what I mean? And um, this is the reason why I I don't, I I rarely even mention, I don't hardly mention money here Uh, when it comes to sewing giving or whatever, you know, of course, your tithes belong to your local church. If you're a tither uh, to, you know, to ministry, it belongs to your local church or whoever is feeding you. Um, but, you know, if you are sowing seed, it is at completely at your own free will. And um, we are very grateful for the seed, you know, uh, for the, whatever offerings uh, you choose to give because it does cost money to run ministry. But you don't see me out here manipulating people, you know, trying to uh, strong arm them and twist their arm to get money out of them, lying to get money out of them. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And actually, I I actually um, steer away from even asking because personally, I don't like to ask people for anything anyway. (laughs) But, you know, um, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm not going to be guilty of that. You know, when I stand before my father, I want him to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Not that, you know. I manipulated God's people. And so I really think that that's a, that's a big part of it. And, um, you know, so therefore, you know, certain things, uh, certain knowledge was kept back. You know what I mean? It was, it was held back. It was not, uh, there were things that were not released, things that were not taught that should have been taught. Uh, people uh, should have been warned about certain things so they don't fall into certain traps and end up back in the kingdom of darkness. And so that's what I want to equip uh, God's people with and help you with uh, here. I want to help you with that. Amen. So um, I think we're still live over here. Let me see. Yeah, okay. It's just my screen was dark. Okay. Alright, that's a bit better, sorry I had y'all in the dark (laughs) But yeah, okay, so uh, tonight we're talking about Christology, the power of love And um, we are going to go ahead and jump right into this Uh, Let me grab something here that um, was on my phone and I forgot to open it online Sometimes when I'm driving down the street, God just starts, you know, speaking, and I have to, like, record what he's saying, um, that's what I'm pulling up now, because if I don't, you know, it, it just starts pouring, and if I don't, I will miss something, I won't catch it, or, it, you know, it'll just be forgotten, and, um, I'll be, like, begging the spirit to bring it back to my remembrance, so I, I, I actually record myself in the car often, um, While you know, just uh, what the Lord is saying to me, Um, and part of this message is in those recordings, so I'm just grabbing that for you now, all right, here we go, all right, so, um, first thing, um, we're going to, uh, dive into here is the, the fact that, um, Last week, well, I guess we'll just begin from last week. We were talking about um, Satan, okay? We were talking about how he was, how he is uh, terrified of, of God. He's terrified of Jesus or of Christ, amen? Um, and he, uh, that. We talked about pride as well. We talked about pride and we talked about how pride is like leaven. And the Bible says that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And that's kind of what sparked this message is because God said, yeah, let them know that it works both ways. Amen. So a little leaven leavens the whole lump. But guess what? So does a little love. So does a little love, leavens the whole lump, <laughs> uh, a mustard seed. Jesus said, if you had the faith of a mustard seed that you could say to the mountain, uh, be thou removed and, and cast into the sea and it will obey you. So a mustard seed or a little bit will spread. A mustard seed is a very tiny seed. I think it's the tiniest of all seeds. Um, yet it, it when it grows and when it, uh, when it, uh, when it uh flourishes or it grows up it grows to become the the largest or the biggest uh of them all amen um the biggest um uh, foliage i, I was going to say plant but <laughs> a mustard seed you know um it it's it's actually you know uh more a little bit more than a plant right <laughs> so yeah um so so it starts out small but it ends up taking over amen it ends up taking over just like leaven ends up taking over and and causing the bread to swell amen um so a little love is like a little leaven that leavens the whole lump or a, like a mustard seed and uh, when you nurture it when you water it and when you let it grow in you it will take over it will take over And so, uh, what we want to understand is that, um, God, we know that God is love, right? We know that God is love, um, and God's love, he wants to be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which, you know, that is, that is the word of God, um. He wants his love, his agape love to take over. He wants it to spread in us, to swell in us, amen, and to take over us um, so that, you know, we will understand um, the fullness of his love. That's why Apostle Paul said that, you know, I cease not to pray for you, that God would open the eyes of your understanding um, that you may know what is the width and the depth and the the depth and the length of his love what what is what is the magnitude of God's love for us amen what is the what is the magnitude of God's love toward us word amen who believe and so God is love he is love he is the nature he is the essence of love he is the essence of love and he loves us he loves me he loves you Um, I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what society says. I don't care what statistics say. I don't care how many people die. You know, I don't care how many people get sick. You know, Um, do we want them to live? Yes. Do we want them healed? Yes. Do we pray for them? Yes. But what I'm saying is that the enemy likes to blame these kinds of things on God and say that God is evil. God hates, hates us. You know, God doesn't care or he's not there. Amen. And that God does not love us. And that is the main lie that Satan will try to feed to you is that God doesn't love you. As soon as you start going through something difficult, something hard, something challenging, something that was meant to, strengthen you or meant to give you a testimony so that you could love someone else with that testimony love means freedom right i always say that love will never leave you in bondage so when when you really love someone you can always test how uh, much you love a person or you know how 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 if you really love God's people, because there should be an, uh, a natural innate desire and passion, something that drives you to see God's people free. Amen. To see them in bondage and not do anything about it or not help them. That's not God's love. That's not God's love. You know, maybe you have, you're bringing them there for another reason. You know, maybe you maybe you need to check your motive now, you know what I'm saying? Because they're coming in, if they're coming in and out of your churches and they're still bound and you don't care and you're not even thinking about it, it's not even crossing your mind, then maybe your motives are wrong. Maybe you fell into the trap of unrighteous mammon. Maybe you fell into the trap, you know? And, 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 and and it's okay. Let's repent and come out of that and get back on the right track. Amen. Get back on the right track. Now, now God says he he loves us and, and we can tell that he loves us because he's proven it time and time again. He's proven it over and over again. Uh, So, so why do we still question God's love? why do we still question God, God's love? Now, going back to what, you know, what the enemy would, would have you to believe about God, um, he would have you to believe that, you know, so much, so much, uh, Uh, Evil is going on in the world. God must not care. So no, he doesn't love you or he's not real, etc. Right. And I've already talked to you about um, this, this lie called atheism. Amen. I'm not going to repeat it tonight because I've said it a million times before in a million messages, but it's impossible not to believe in God. Amen. But, you know, um, when you're walking around with his spirit in you. And, you know, you didn't put it there. <laughs> you didn't put your breath in your body and make your lungs go in and out every every day, you know, millions of, of times per second, however many times it is. You know, you didn't do it. You know what I mean? So who who, who did it? Obviously, somebody did it. Someone is responsible for this creation. Someone, you know. And you're carrying a three-part being, and you can it's impossible to deny. You know he's there, you just don't want to obey him. So let's just tell the truth, okay? So now um the enemy wants us to think that he, you know, that he's not there, he don't care about you. Look at all the evil, the wickedness in the world. Well, who's responsible for that? It must be God, right? You know, <laughs> but now. Who is actually responsible for that? You know what I'm saying. Who is actually responsible? And do we understand? Do we understand the mind of God? Do we understand the heart of God? Have we gotten to the to uh, to know God? You know. Do we understand why He allows such things to happen? Could it be because we're making our own choices to rebel against Him, and we are self-destructing? We are doing it our, to ourselves. We are opening the door and allowing the devil to come in and 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 do this thing, you know, ourselves. We're we're the one doing it. Could could it be? I'm just I'm just curious. Just trying to see if my phone is charging here. Yeah, could it be though? Sorry, you guys. Is this thing charging? Okay. So sorry. Okay. But could it be, could it be that, you know, because he made us in our, in his image and in his likeness with the power of choice, that our decisions are causing these things are bringing these things, not only upon our lives, upon us, but upon our children and upon their children for generations. You know, and, and and generational curses are demonic. They're not holy. They're not heavenly. They are demonic. <laughs> you see? So could it be? You know what I mean? But he, you know, he knows. The enemy knows the position he plays. He knows who's in control of him. He knows how far he can go. And he also knows the truth, you know, of what he is doing, you know, and, 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 and. and He's the father of lies. So, of course, he's going to lie to you. Of course, he's going to deceive you. He's not going to just straight up tell you a lie and, and you know, you catch him in the lie. No, he's going to deceive you and manipulate you into believing the lie by wrapping it up in the truth. Amen. Wrapping it up in the truth. Like a little piece of candy in a wrap or, or like the leaven in the bread. Amen. So, you know, you fall for it, and then there you go carrying the lie. But now I thank God that the ministry of Jesus, the kingdom of God, is being uh, revealed, it's being manifested in the earth in its power and in its original glory. Amen. And 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 now People are, are people's eyes are opening up to the truth now. See, they're beginning to see the enemy for who he really is and that the power of God is really real, you know, and that the power of God supersedes the power of the devil, that the power even of the name of Jesus, just the name of Jesus, just the name of Jesus <laughs> the power of just the name of Jesus supersedes it supersedes the the power of satan amen it supersedes the kingdom of darkness amen and so um you know this is this is being made known i told you last year that that god is separating the light from the darkness now You know, he's separating the light from the darkness, the sheep from the goats, the, you know, the, 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 um, the good from the bad, the wheat from the tares. He is separating. And, and, and you may say, well, Shelly, it's just seemed like it's taking so long. No, open your eyes. You can see it. It's happening now. It's happening right now. And so, you know, we're going to, you're going to look up and you're going to realize that, wait a minute. I see people casting demons out, but I've never seen the devil cast anyone out. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Let's put two and two together. Have you ever seen the devil cast Jesus out? No. (laughs) You see, Jesus laid his life down. He 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 couldn't even take Jesus' life when he crucified. No, Jesus laid his life down. He gave up his life. (laughs) And the Bible says, even hanging on the cross, he gave up the ghost. He could have held on to it. Okay. If it wasn't for me and you. Okay. What did he say to Pilate? He said, he said, no man taketh my life. I lay it down and best believe I have the power to take it up again. And that's exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. So I've never seen the devil. You know what I'm saying? This little. It, 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 you know these little minions that are lying to y'all you know i, I I've never seen it I, I've never seen it now if you have feel free to share do share okay so now God has god God says i, I now not only do I love you but I have proven my love over and over again that's why it's nothing for us to be able to prove our love to him. It should be nothing for us to prove our love to him because he has proven his love to us over and over and over again, over and over again. So why are we still questioning him when he's constantly providing for us? He's constantly making a way for us. He's constantly opening doors for us. He's constantly showing favor to us. He's constantly uh, 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 waking us up every day. He's constantly, you know, giving us a reason Uh, To smile a reason to rejoice a reason, you know, he's constantly bringing us out Bible says many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver us out of them all He delivers us out of them all (laughs) He delivers us out of them out of them all if if you belong to him He's delivering you out of them all. Amen So so, you know, why do we still question his love? It's just like I was saying the other night about Husband and wife, right? God says, you know, in Isaiah uh, um, uh, 54, you know, he says, uh, seeing, oh, ye barren, thou that did not bear. Y'all know the scripture, uh, Isaiah 54, read it. It's a very, it will bless your socks off. It will just bless your soul. Isaiah 54, the whole chapter. And you know, that end of that chapter ends with no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. You know that this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Some people leave that part out. They just think that no weapon formed against them That's not what they say. It says, no weapon that is formed against you shall pr- be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you and judgment, you shall condemn. Why? Because this is the heritage of the, uh, or the inheritance of the servants of the Lord. Right? So you have to be a servant of the Lord to qualify. Okay. Now, what is the beginning of that saying? It says, he he says, I am your husband. I am your husband. See a lot of us forget and and, and you may say sister shelly you confuse like sometimes you say oh, no We gotta know god as our father, you know And you are you did a whole message about it. is he your god or your father because is he just another god another idol Or is he actually your father because that changes your perspective of him and your perception of him and therefore Your relationship or your connection to him. Amen so, you know is he our father or is he our husband or is he my best friend? You know, who who is he? Who is he to me? He's all of that, baby. He is all of that. <laughs> yeah. And so the scripture refers to God as our father who art in heaven. Amen. He also, it also refers to him as our husband, as our husband. And what is the meaning of a husband then? The, 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 meaning of a husband or the definition of a husband means a house band or one that provides or takes care of or provides for and protects the house or the home or the household, right? That is what a good husband does or a godly husband does, right? So, that who 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 is he who are they getting it from who are these men getting it from they're getting it from their father because he is the husbandman The husbandman is another term that is uh, That is used for gardening. Amen. Jesus <clears throat> Jesus said, you know, jesus was also known as a gardener, right? He talked a lot about the vineyard and you know, uh, the vine and so on and so forth and He's known as the gardener. And what did God say to uh, Adam? What did God say to Adam when he put him in the garden of Eden? You know, to work it, to till it, you know, uh, not uh, to um, to dress it and to keep it is what the scripture says. To dress it and to keep it. <coughs> that means to take care of it. Amen. Amen. And so that is what God is. He is our husband. We are married to him. Scripture, uh, I'm trying to think of the scripture that says, I have espoused you to one husband. I think this was Jesus in the book of John. Um, Where is that scripture? I have a, if you know that scripture, put it, uh, put it in on the screen for me in the chat. I have espoused you unto one husband. Was that Apostle Paul who said that? Mm, I I think it was Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. When he said, who has bewitched you? Somebody grab that for me if you can, if you can. But I'm going to move on for the sake of time because I promised you guys I wasn't going to be here too long. That's why I gave you that message yesterday. Now, we're married to the Lord. He even says, I'm married to the backslider, right? So now, that means that he loves us. And that means that it's his responsibility. Uh, He has a responsibility to take care of us. He has a responsibility to take care of us, right? And um, the first scripture I'm going to take you to here is Isaiah 61. We're going to look at Isaiah 61 um, first. So let me grab that for you Um, Isaiah 61. Hope you have a, a notepad that you can jot down some of this. Isaiah 61. Now, this is what real love does. (laughs) This is what real love does. Isaiah 61, Jesus says, now this was the prophet Isaiah, of course, speaking, but he was prophesying of the coming of the Lord and what the Lord was coming to do, what the Lord Jesus was coming to do. What does it say? He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me Because the Lord, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Now, this is the Lord in all caps. What does that mean? Christ. Christ. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus is the man who walked in the flesh, was born into into a flesh and blood, flesh and blood, humus or human body, right? Made up of atoms, right? And, and oxygen, <laughs> right? Or H2O. Some people don't know how man was formed. That's how man was formed. God made clay, okay? He made clay. He made clay. And that's what he put on the blind man's eyes and the man's eyes opened up again because he started with the raw substance. It was... This is what you were made of. So I'm going back to the, back to the, you know, <laughs> to the blueprint, and we're gonna fi- fix you up, put you back together. Right? There's more to that, and and yes, we can go into that later. But for now, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, Jesus, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. First reason to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. That means to close up the wounds or to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives. Amen. Freedom to the captives. (laughs) And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Amen. Some people don't know they're bound, but they're bound. (laughs) And some people don't know they're captive, but they're captive where in here they're trapped in a dimension. They're trapped in a mindset that they can't escape from. And no matter what they do, no matter how they run, no matter how much they drink it up, drug it up, sex it up. They can't get out of that prison. Someone has to come and release you. A stronger man has to bind that strong man in there. Amen. It says the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, which is the year of Jubilee, which means what? Restoration. Year Jubilee in the Old Testament meant restoration or a new beginning. Right? It means that everything at the end of a seven year period. You know, once that seven years was up, or I I believe back then it was 50 years, right? Now it's supposed to be seven years. Is that how that went? (laughs) I haven't seen Jubilee in none of my lifetime. But anyway, I mean, I carried bad credit for years and, you know, seven years I had to wait, you know, but still all my debts weren't forgiven anyway. You know, every every fiftieth uh, year, I believe it was, was was deemed the year of jubilee in the Jewish tradition, and um, during that year, you know, every man's debts were forgiven. Amen. If you owed anyone anyone anything, it was forgiven. It was erased. And you started over with a clean slate. So God is coming to give us a clean slate, to give us a reset. Amen. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of Jubilee. He's saying now I am your jubilee. I am your jubilee. You don't have to wait on a man to forgive your debts anymore. Don't worry about it, baby. I'm your jubilee. Amen. I came to set you free. I feel the spirit landing right there, right there. Uh-huh. That's for you it says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. God said, I will take vengeance on your enemies, your spiritual enemies that are controlling your fleshly enemies that you think are your your enemies in the flesh. Right the day of vengeance of our God to cut to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn or cry or weep in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes. Just say la, beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. You've been crying all year long. You've been mourning all year long. You've been sad all year long. You've been depressed all this time until the Lord comes. Why? Because he loves you. He don't even have to tell you he loves you. Just his presence proves that he loves you. Have you ever felt the Lord embrace you? Even in your prayer time, in your prayer closet, have you ever been sitting and felt the Lord just wrap you and embrace you? And you just sat there and cried and rocked in his arms and you said, Lord, don't ever let me go. I don't ever want to just don't ever let me go. I don't I don't ever want to leave this place. I don't ever want to leave this place. I don't want to get up from here. Just. Just. Stay. Let's just stay right here let's just stay right here. I just want to stay in your arms. You know, because this world is so cold and real love is so hard to come by. So hard to come by. And we work for it. You know, we work for people to love us and to notice us and to acknowledge us even. But God said, you don't have to Depend on that, because I am here to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy, you can rejoice now, for mourning, no weep no more. The garment, what the, what uh, what that man say? What's on that man's name? Bob Marley. He said, No woman, no cry. No woman, no cry, right? The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise. Now, I know a lot of people, you know, they think in church, I hear that garment of praise. Let me just open my mouth and shout and praise and praise God to shake this heaviness off. Yes, that, that works every time. <laughs> but he's talking about a garment. Now, that's a different kind of, that's a different a horse of a different color, isn't it? A garment of praise. That means something that sits on you and remains on you. That rests on you for the spirit of heaviness you don't have to be heavy anymore because now you're carrying the spirit of my praise. It's something that's rooted within you. It's like the coat of many colors that Jacob put upon, uh, upon Joseph that his mother made for him. That coat of many colors. Yeah. Isaiah 54 says, behold, I will lay thy stones in fair colors I will make thy gates of carbuncles. Amen. Beauty. I want to drape you in beautiful things, beautiful garments. Put on your beautiful garments. O oh Zion, arise and put on your beautiful garments. Amen. He says, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness I will give to you. That you might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. That he might be glorified. And it goes on. That The rest of that scripture is just richly, richly blessed. But we're going to stop at verse 3 for the sake of time. But this is what real love. This is what real love does. This is what Christ. Uh, what Jesus came to do. What he came to do or Christ came to do. Through Jesus. Amen. This is what God came to to give you. Now, um, let's go here to quickly to Isaiah 44, verse 24 to 25. I'm going to try to stay in sync with what I have over here. Yeah. Isaiah 44, um, verse 24. Let's look at this quickly. Isaiah 44. Glory to God Almighty. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Verse uh, 24. told you, you don't have to fear. You don't have to be afraid of anything. There's no God beside him. Isaiah 44 verse 24. It says, thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things. That stretcheth forth the heavens alone. I didn't have any help. That spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. That frustrateth the tokens of the liars. Remember we talked about them, right? And maketh diviners mad. (laughs) Oh, it's many magicians that are about to be so mad. Yeah, because the miracle worker has showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that maketh diviners mad, that turneth wise men backward, and maketh their knowledge foolish. Amen. And then it says, and and he uh that can uh yeah, that that makes their, their knowledge foolish. I'm gonna stop there and I'm gonna go to 45 now. Let's go to 45. What he say? I formed you from the womb. I am your redeemer. I'm the Lord who maketh all things. I stretch forth the heavens by myself, and the earth by myself. Amen. <laughs> Isaiah 45, verse five it says, um, "For Jacob, for Jacob, my." F- I can't get it out. I'm so excited. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect, mine. I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. Now, surname is your last name. That means I have given you my name. You're mine now, right? You're mine. You're, you're my wife. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord. God is proving his love here. I am the Lord. He's proving his his name. He's proving who he is. He's saying, listen up. I am the Lord and there is none else. There is none else. There is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord do all these things. Now, this is where you have to get to know him to understand why, why does he do this? Hmm. Husbands are husbands get jealous, you know, they get jealous, you know, and they will stir up a ruckus to get their wife back. Oh, yes, they will. Oh, yes, they will. I understand now why God kept the enemy around on a leash. She was like, "Okay, you can you can hang around for a minute, but just I got you on a chain. I got your butt on a chain and you, you can't go beyond where I allow you to go. You can't do anything beyond what I allow you to do. So he's on a chain. But God said, I created him. <laughs> I, the Lord, do all these things. What is he using him for? What is he do- using him for? You see, it's because of you. Verse nine, go with me to verse nine here. It says, woe unto him that striveth with his maker. For all you, you know, so-called, will just let's just circle D. All of the above, you know, the atheists, the satanists, the luciferian, the all of the above. We're just gonna circle all of it, okay? It says unto you, He says, "Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel." Um, sorry, woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Let the potsherd strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say unto him that fashioneth it, what makest thou, or thy work? He hath no hands. Woe unto him that saith unto his father, what begettest thou? Or to the woman, what hast thou brought forth? What have you brought forth? What have you begotten? You know, in other words, you didn't make me. You didn't bring me forth. You didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't bring me into this world woe unto him that says unto his father you didn't you didn't make me or to his mother you didn't you didn't go through 13 hours of labor for me some of y'all went through more you know you didn't you didn't suffer all that for me you didn't you wasn't the one that brought me in this world god is saying that's like saying the same thing to me right and he says thus saith the lord the holy one of israel and his maker ask me the Lord, right? The Holy one of Israel and his maker ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. Command ye me, command ye me. I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands have stretched out the heavens and all their host have I commanded. I have raised him up in righteousness and I will direct all his ways. And he shall build my city and he shall let go my captives, not for price nor for reward, saith the Lord of hosts. Not for price nor for reward. Get the motive right. We're not doing it for reward. But he's saying that I have raised him up in righteousness. I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city and he shall let go my captives, saith the Lord of who? The Lord of hosts. God is not playing. He's not playing. He's not playing. I'm, I'm just I'm just building my case here because, you know, some people be sitting up there talking about, well, God ain't, you know, God ain't... Uh, God ain't even uh, made nothing. He ain't even, you know, what God are you talking about and all this foolishness? No, we're talking about the maker of heaven and earth, the one who created all things. And we're talking about the Lord of hosts. That's who we're talking about, right? Who formed the light and created the darkness, who did all those things. That's who we're talking about. So when we talk about our father or our husband, we need to know who he is. He is the one who sits upon the circle of the earth. He is the one who who created all things for his his own glory and for his own namesake. He is is the, the beginning and the end of you and me, Alpha and Omega. He is the ancient of days. From everlasting to everlasting, he is God. Luke 4 and verse 18. That's who our father and our husband is. Luke 4. And he loves us. And he loves you. He loves you. Can you imagine? He loves you. Of all the things that he could be in love with, he could be in love with the angels, he could be, but he loves you. (laughs) He made you a little lower than the angels and crowned you with all glory and honor. He loves you. Hmm. Luke 4, verse 18. Yarabasha, verse 18, it says, and this, it says, I'm gonna start at 16 here. Yeah. 16. It says talking about Jesus now that he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up at, And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Now I'm in the King James version. That's my favorite version. And um, most of the time, that's what, what I'm reading from, because I, I just I don't trust these other versions of the Bible. Uh, they, they, they omit too many things that are important. And I'm a person of detail. Amen. So I try to stick to detail and I try to stick as closely as I can to the original, you know, the further away we stray from the original, then that's where things get foggy and confusing and mixed up. And it, and that's where it begins to lose its power because it's watered down now. I'm not, I, I've never been into, uh, that, you know, when I, when I sold, crack it was as close to the purest form as possible cocaine and in fact I cooked it (laughs) so I know the pure form amen and I didn't put a lot of spank on mine (laughs) even though you had to put a little spank on it because you didn't want to kill nobody because some of it was so pure and so potent and powerful that it would kill you if we didn't put spank on it but we ain't got to put no spank on this okay verse 16 It says, I'm in Luke 4. Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. Keep that in mind. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Sound familiar? To preach deliverance to the captives. To preach what? Deliverance to the captives. And the recovering of sight to the blind. I'm going to open some blinded eyes. I'm going to give you some knowledge, some understanding, some wisdom, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Period. Says he closed the book and he gave it to the minister and sat down. You don't see much of that these days, do we? And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. You could hear a pin drop in that place. What kind of doctrine is this? What kind of man is this? Is this not Jesus of Nazareth? The shepherd boy? The carpenter's son? Is this not Jesus of Nazareth? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? But he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's the good thing. Yeah. He, he anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. You see, to the poor in this world, rich in faith, because they will believe in me. They will believe in me because they are hoping for a better life and a better way. They are hoping that this is not all this, this world has to offer them. And they're right. They're right. <laughs> you know, there's freedom for you. You know, he sitting. He's who I feel the spirit so strong. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives. Deliverance. And, and 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 the recovering of the sight to the blind. The recovering of sight to the blind. Hallelujah. Oh God. The recovering of sight to the blind. Now, I'm going to show you something here. The the recovering of sight to the blind. God says, I want to open your blinded eyes. I want to open your blinded eyes. See, this is what Jesus is doing right now. He is opening the eyes of the blind. (laughs) In this season... Yeah, he's opening the eyes of the blind because many of these uh, souls, of course, we know are in darkness. The Bible says in Isaiah that darkness is upon the earth and gross darkness upon the people. It's upon the people. But there are many of a uh, many a church or many a harlot church that are groping in darkness right now. Harlot churches. Harlot churches, yeah. They're harlot churches. They're groping in darkness because they have lost their first love. They can't find their way because they've lost their first love. Amen. What does it say? John 3.16 says, it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he loves who? The world, the whole wide world, he loves, right? And the Bible also says that he first loved us. It was not that we loved him, but that he first loved us. We talked about that, right? And that we should love the Lord, our God, with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our strength, right? And it goes on and says he is a jealous lover, right? See, this is real love. We're not talking about the fake love that Satan tried to to give to Eve. Amen. You're not we're not talking about that lust. We're talking about love. Talking about love. We're talking about love. Now I'm gonna show you love here, real love in Hosea. The Lord said that we should not love in word, but in deed, right? Love must be proven. He says, to rend your hearts to me, not your garments. Love must be proven. It's a give and take thing. It's a give and take thing. Love must be proven. He said, don't be a gold digger. Don't be a gold digger. Your love must be proven. The woman who wants the man for his money and his benefits, that is not love. She doesn't want him because she loves him. She wants him because she is a harlot. She is a harlot. Now, this is going to come a little strong, but just stay with me because, you know, if you get, if you get, uh, you know, if the shoe fall on you somewhere, just repent. We, this is for all of us. You know what I'm saying? If you start manifesting or something, just, you know, just let it happen. Just let the Holy Ghost have his way. Amen. Let's, let's just do that. Let's just do that. We're talking about the harlot now. So we're going to look at Isaiah at Hosea chapter four, Hosea, um, excuse me, not chapter four, chapter one, Hosea chapter one, We're going to start at verse one. Let me check on you guys. Cause I'm over here reading. Okay. Y'all okay. Y'all good. Show the chat. Anybody, everybody. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you see me? Good. Okay, looks like we're fine. Okay, the, on this one, I can see. I can see, I think we're, we're good. Okay, all right. Hosea chapter one, verse one. It says, the word of the Lord that came unto me, Hosea, unto Hosea, right? Um, Hosea was a prophet. They would say, you might say he was one of the minor prophets. I don't think there's major and minor prophets. I think they were all prophets of the Lord, and I think they all prophet, uh, prophesied according to their own God-given uh, capacity and ability, amen, and, and, and assignment, amen. It says, the word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, the son of Beery, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, which conceived and bare a son. And the Lord said unto him, Call his name Jezreel for yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. Now, um, that's, that's, there's backstory there. So you would have to go back and read about that. Okay. It says, and, and it shall come to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the Valley of Jezreel. And the Bible says, and she, the, the, the harlot conceived again. What was, what's her name? Gomer. She conceived again and bare a daughter. And God said unto him, call her name Ruhamah. Ruama, If I'm saying it correctly, for for I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. But I will have mercy upon the house of Judah and will save them by the Lord their God, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Right. And will not save them by by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, nor by horses, nor by horsemen. But by the Lord their God Now when she had weaned Loruma She conceived and bare a son And the Lord said Then said God call his name Loami For you are not my people And I will not be your God Now I know this sounds so crazy right But this is what jealousy would make People do you ever have your husband Or wife ever been jealous I mean When I was married you know (laughs) I I, I I was jealous because, well, my husband was cheating on me, but you know, I know this feeling. And if you are a man, you surely, you must know this feeling. Yeah. It will make you want to just to, to heck with it. You know, just, you know, I'm, I'm not, no, let's just drop this thing. You know what I'm saying? He said, you're not my people. He said, He said, I will, you are not my people and I will not be your God. God is angry. See, we forget that God has a soul. He has feelings too. He's just, he's not just some invisible cloud in the air that we call a spirit. No, he is a spirit. That means that he has a soul. He just don't have a, a physical body because he don't need one. He's eternal. He does not need one because he is infinite. He is eternal. So he doesn't need a physical body. (laughs) Because the body dies. He, He never dies. He shall never die. From everlasting to everlasting, he is God. So, God is a spirit. And the Bible clearly shows that he has emotions. He has a soul. Now, you wonder why I said yesterday... That do we not know that this is God's chessboard and that God cares more about the souls of men than he does about the flesh of men? Yeah, God doesn't have a flesh. He don't have no flesh, so he don't care much about the flesh and blood. Amen. He cares about your soul. Your soul. What must be saved is your soul. Your soul and our salvation comes in phases, right? The spirit, the soul and the body. Why? Because this body must be conquered by the soul or by the spirit that has conquered the soul. Did you catch it? So now God is a spirit. That means he has a mind, a will, and he has emotions. He gets angry. He gets jealous, you know, and this is him in his jealousy right now. He says, "I, you're not my people and I will not be your God. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered nor measured. And it shall come to pass that in the day where it was said unto them, you are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, you are the sons of the living God. You see how quickly his heart turned right back to love. He can't help it because he is love. You ever met somebody, you know, you just can't stay mad at them? Like, you love them so much. You just can't stay mad at them, you know? He said, And I'm not going to give you the typical scriptures. If you're waiting on that, then you're going to be waiting. Okay. Because I could give you, you know, God says, I'm a jealous God. I could give you all those, but those are the basic typical scriptures that we know, but I'm taking you into deeper waters because we need to learn some things and get some more knowledge about God beyond what we already know. Why? Because in this same book, Hosea, the same prophet in chapter four and verse six says that, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. God told us on this channel at the beginning of the year, "I want you to get knowledge." So this is what we're doing. We're launching out into the deep. Amen. So He says, "There you shall you shall be. Uh, it shall be said unto you that you are the sons of the living God." Amen. Um, it says, "Then shall the children of Judah." And the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head and they shall come up out of the land for great shall be the day of Jezreel. All right. So now uh, what happens with this harlot is that verse uh, chapter two, he says, say ye unto your brethren, Ami, and to your sisters, Ruama, which is another name for what the children we just read in, in chapter one. He said, plead with your mother, plead with her. For she is not my wife. Well, I'm married to her, but she's not acting like my wife. Neither am I her husband. Why? He said, "Let her put therefore away her whoredoms out of my sight. I don't want to see. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want the image in my mind anymore of you cheating on me with another man." This is how serious this is. And and, and put away her whoredoms out of my sight and her adulteries from between her breasts. Now, the Bible talks about in in previous uh, uh, prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah, how the children of Israel behave like harlots. The children of Israel, the house of Israel and the house of Judah behave like harlots uh, treacherous sisters and, and all of that, that they went playing the harlot under every green tree. And with every one that passed by, they just laid down and opened it up. And the, his it was, that's what the Bible says, read it for yourself. And Ezekiel, he also talks about how he said, he said, I have, uh, he said, I have, uh, uh, I washed you, you know, I suppled you, I found you when, when, uh, when you were, uh, uh, when you were, um, in your own blood, I found you when you were just laying in an open field and you were, uh, you were clothed in your own blood or what What I forget exactly how the scripture puts it. He says that you were polluted. Yeah. In your own blood, you were polluted in your own blood. And he said, I I washed you, I nurtured you, I suppled thee, I took care of you, I put gold on you and rings on your hands and, you know, earrings in your ears. And, you know, I took care of you, beautiful garments of, you know, uh, uh, beautiful fabrics on you and and all of that. It wasn't enough, though, was it? Wasn't enough. Why? Because of this right here. Let me let, let me read this. It says, let her put away her whoredoms out of her sight uh, and and her adulteries from between her breasts. Lest I strip her naked, he's angry, set her in the day that she was born (laughs) and make her as a wilderness and set her like a dry land and slay her with thirst. You see? God needs an he needs an a bulldog for that. He needs an enemy for that. Why? Because he's not going to do it himself because he's holy, righteous, and pure and he is love. But he will get vengeance and it is righteous vengeance. His anger is righteous anger. It is righteous indignation. He's not doing this and 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 this mad because she did something right. It's because she is Causing injustice in the relationship. There's an injustice in the relationship. There's a breach in the covenant now. God hates injustice. He hates injustice. His whole kingdom is about justice and judgment. Righteous judgment. So now he's saying, no, I gave you my best. And now look at what you're doing to me. Look, look what you're doing to me. He said, he said, he said, and I will not have mercy upon her children for they be the children of whoredoms for their mother played the harlot. And uh, she that conceived them had done shamefully for she said I will go after my lovers same thing that the woman in the chil- in, in Ezekiel same read right I will run after my lovers that give me my bread and my water my wool and my flax and my oil and my drink my lovers provide me with these things not you god you see not you husband Therefore, behold, think of this man's heart. Think of a man's heart seeing this, feeling this. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up thy way with thorns. I'm going to block you now. I'm going to trap you now. And, and I will make a wall that she shall not find her past. You're not going to find your way out. You, you, You ain't getting out of this. You ain't getting out of this. You can't run from me. You will never get away from my love. Never. <laughs> you see it? He says, he says, you will never get away from my love. Amen. And, 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 and that is, that's where the song comes from. This says, you know, uh, that says, um, uh, what does it say? Uh, is, is my sister on the line? It talks about the, uh, the overwhelming, um, reckless love of God. Amen. How it chases you down. Yeah. And and, and searches till you're found. Amen. And he says, you'll never get away from my love. And then he says, it says, um, it says, um, it's verse seven. It says, and she shall follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them. And she shall seek after them, but she shall not find them. Then shall she say, I will go and return to my first husband for then... It was better with me than now. He waits for you to come back to your right mind. Like, come on, crazy girl, quit acting crazy. Right? (laughs) You know, you know, you, you know, I love you and you know, you love me. Verse eight says, for she did not know that I gave her corn and wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for bail. Now, I provided everything that you need. You know, I gave you all those things, but you couldn't appreciate that. So you ran after other lovers and then you prepared the things that I gave you for bail. Oh my, that's next week's message. So stay tuned. Therefore, will I return verse nine and take away my corn, my corn. In the time thereof. And my wine in the season thereof. And I will recover my wool. And my flax given to cover her nakedness. I'm going to take my stuff back then. Yeah. And now will I discover her lewdness. In the sight of her lovers. And none shall deliver her out of my hand. I will cause her joy to cease. Her mirth. Her feast days. Her new moons and her sabbath. And all her solemn feasts. I will cause to cease and I will destroy her vines and her fig trees whereof she said these are my rewards for my that my lovers have given me and I will make them a forest and the beast of the field shall eat them and I will visit upon her the days of Balaam wherein she burned incense unto them and decked herself with their earrings and her jewels and she and she went after her lovers and forgot me saith the lord he's hurting you think you can't hurt god you think you can't hurt god's feelings think you can't hurt his heart oh yes we can oh yes we can oh yes we can He says, therefore, behold, I will allure her. I will draw her with loving kindness. Have I drawn thee? See, you didn't always act right. Don't be don't be faking the front in here because we didn't always act right. Did we? He says, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness. I'm going to bring you into a dry place and speak comfortably unto her there. Yeah, it's not to destroy you. It's to win you back. Is to win you back. I think it's some some churches or some leaders or somebody that need the, this word right here. It says, and I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Acre for a door of hope. There's a revelation in that. I don't have time to share it tonight. It says, and she shall sing there as in the days of her youth and as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. She will, she will sing again. Amen. I'm going to make her heart glad again. It doesn't mean that God is a pushover now. Don't take advantage of him. Because you just saw what happens in his anger. Let this be a warning to us. It says, and it shall be in that day, saith the Lord, that thou shalt call me Ishi or Ishai, and shalt call me no more Bailey. Yeah, because you treated him like he was Baal. <laughs> But he's not Baal. He said, I will take away the names of Balaam out of your mouth and they shall no more be remembered by their name. Amen. All right. He says, I will betroth her. I will betroth thee unto me forever. And and I will betroth them unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness, and thou shalt know the Lord. Amen. Thou shalt know the Lord. Thou shalt know the Lord. Amen. Uh, we're gonna stop there in Hosea. Just read the rest of that. That that is that that will bless you. That will bless you real good. Um, God says, What in the book of uh uh first John? He says, If you love me. Keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. First uh, John. Let me see where we are. Okay, let me, let me, let, let's skip First John. We're going to go to. Um, let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 13 real quick. Second Samuel chapter 13. I think this is going to be my last passage of scripture here tonight. I'm going to show you now the difference between God's love and 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 false love or Satan's love. See, God gets angry and he gets jealous. And I, and, and and we're going to talk about, you know, I know you want to talk about the cross and how Jesus laid his life down you know, for us, because he loved us and how he suffered and took the 39 stripes plus one. And, you know, and he went to the grave and everything and, 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 and all of that. And, and we, I think most of us know that story. So I'm not going to take you back to elementary class because we know that story. Right. And it's just not something that I relish in the fact of a of of constantly reminding myself how they tortured my father, my savior, my lover, my husband, the lover of my soul, how they tortured him, how they crucified him. I want to remember him in the fact that yes, he laid his life down for me, but he also got up for me. I want to remember and relish in the fact that the grave is empty. That he resurrected from the grave for me. He died in order to, to be resurrected. To give me eternal life. To give me power. I So that I can be with him forever. So I can be with him where he is. He says, behold, I go to prepare a place for you. That you may be also where I am. That's what I want to remember. I'm sorry for all you Christians that you love to wear crosses around your neck and love looking at the cross and thinking about the cross and laying on the cross. And you know, I'm not knocking you, but in my heart, it it, 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 it does something to me because I hate the devil with a perfect hatred and to, to relive those moments when they tortured my Lord, I don't. I don't want to keep going back to that because I know where He is now, <laughs> and I know I know where He is now. Yeah, yeah. But can I? But can I uh, share the message, the good news? Can I relay the message, you know, to the world that He died for us? You know, that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son for us. And what they did to him on that cross and on the way to the cross, yes, I can. Yeah, I'm a witness. I can do that. I can do that. But tonight, we are talking about the power of his love. See, power, the power of his love, there is power in suffering. Yes, there is because he says greater love hath no man than this than a man would lay down his life for a friend right and then he says he told me personally the holy spirit told me this personally when i was being i would just say you know i was not in the best situation you know it was the best of times and it was the worst of times you know And I was being faced with, um, uh, um, conflict, kind of like, um, Hannah. I was in a, I was in a Hannah situation. Okay. And I kept saying, Lord, you know, they have so much power though. They have so much power. You know, they're mocking me and everything, but they have all the power. I don't have any, I don't have anything. You know, they're saying this and that about me. What do you say about me? Because I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. I don't, I don't have anything. And look, you know, they, they have all this power. God said to me, that's not power. He said, real power is generated by love. He said they would not be taunting you and afflicting you if they loved you. Real power is generated by love. It's not in the noise. It's not in the outward show of things. Real power generates from the heart. It is the heart of love. It is the essence of God's love for His people, amen. And then he showed me, he said, the miracles that Jesus did the casting, the demons that he cast out, the dead being raised, the sick being healed, the lame walking, the blinded eyes open, the deaf ears coming unstopped, the dumb and the mute beginning to speak. He said, All those miracles, all those miracles were generated not by mere power because he had power. That power that he had to perform those miracles or to do those works, it was generated by love. It was because he loves his people. Amen. It was because God so loved the world, loved the world. That he came. He, he it, It's love that generates power. So, so people wonder why people are not casting out devils and why they're not doing deliverance here and doing it there and doing that. And that. Yeah, it's just because they don't love. They don't have a heart of love for God's people like that. Perhaps they are carrying a selfish love. Like I'm about to show you right now. In 2 Samuel 13. Let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 13. See, when you really love somebody, you'll never leave them in bondage. You'll never leave them hopeless. You'll never leave them, you know, uh, without help. If it's in your power and your ability to help them, you will help them. Love actually looks for the need. What I say second saying, love looks for the need. It doesn't just look you up and down and say, oh, you got on a nice dress today, sister. God bless you. Oh, thank you for coming. Did you give your tie? tithe, your tithe at, the, at the door? No, it says, what do you need? How can I help you? How can I serve you? Amen. I love my sister, uh, Tina, I just met um, through the deliverance map. Uh, her channel is called Flawed and Free, and I love that she says on her website. I looked at her website, and it says, "How can I serve you?" And that's the real heart of of, of love. It, it is the heart of a servant. Jesus said, "You know, the greatest of them all shall be servant, shall, shall be uh, the the greatest servant of them all." Amen. So that's what it's about. It's about it's about looking beyond the fault and seeing the need of the person. And then, helping the person. Um, 2 Samuel 13. Here we are. 2 Samuel 13. I'm going to read this because uh, from the Bible here. Because um, I can see it better here uh, where I'm going. 2 Samuel 13. It's uh, in verse 1. This is talking about Amnon. Which is... Uh, well, let's just, just read it. Let's just read it. I'm not going to give you the back story. You can go back and read the backstory because I'll be wasting a lot of time. But 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass after this that Absalom, which is the son of David, had a fair sister or a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. So David's two sons now. Right. David has two sons, Absalom and Amnon. And David uh, and Absalom sister, Absalom's sister, whose name was Tamar. Right. Her brother. Amnon. Loved her. So we're talking about incest here. Right. And it says that Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister. He loved, he was like, I he's just really trying to figure out how can I get this girl? You know? I think my IG went off. Uh-oh. Are we here? Okay, I think I lost him on IG. Uh Yeah, I think I lost them on IG, you guys. Oops. Oh man. Hold on. Hold on one second. I um, um I'm going to try to uh see if I can Uh, grab this back real quick. I might have to. Okay. We're going to delete those. Okay. Let's see if we can get them back. Okay. Hey, sorry, you guys. I don't know what happened there. I hope this is not starting over again for you, but um, we're in first Samuel, um, excuse me, second Samuel chapter 13 right now. And you can catch up over on YouTube. I'm sorry for the disconnection, but you can catch up on YouTube. Um, just click the link in my bio. The YouTube is there. Uh, and um, just go to the video Christology. Amen. And subscribe while you're over there, please. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, 2 Samuel 13 and, and 1, uh, and what, what what are we saying here? It says, I'm going to go here. Okay, it says, it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. He loved her. He wanted her to be, he wanted her to wife, right? And Amnon was so vexed or upset that he fell sick for his sister Tamar. He said, I want this girl so bad. I want this girl so bad for she was a virgin. That's why he wanted her. And so that means that there there was an evil spirit in this man or a demon or demons in this man, an unclean spirit that made him want to sleep with his sister because she was a virgin. He wanted to defile her. He wanted to defile her, right? It says, and Amnon thought it was hard for him to do anything to her, so he's like, "I can't get, I can't get away with it, you know. She's my sister. I, I, I can't get away with this." So the demon is driving him now. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemaiah, David's brother, and Jonadab, Jonadab was a very sub, subtle man. He's a very subtle man, right? So we know the devil moves in subtlety, right? So you want to get something done, you just find somebody that got a little more subtlety than you, a little more cunningness than you, right? A little more deceptive and manipulative that can get the job done, right? Verse four, (laughs) stay away from those people. It says, and he said unto him, why art thou being the king's son lean from day to day? Why are you lean? That means why are you not eating? You're skinny. Will thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. So the Absalom, apparently they were half brothers. They weren't full full blood brothers, but that's still incest. And Jonadab said unto him, lay thee down on thy bed and make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray you, let my sister Tamar come and give me meat and dress the meat in my sight that I may see it and eat it at her hand or eat it out of her hand. So now they're devising this plan, this setup, right? To trap her. So Amnon lay down and made himself sick. He pretended to be sick. In other words, and when the king came in to him, his father, David, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar, my sister, come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat at her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar saying, go now to thy brother Amnon's house and dress him meat. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house and he was laid down. And she took flour and kneaded it and made cakes in his sight and did bake the cakes. And she took a pan and poured them out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, "Have out all men from me." And they went out every man from him. That means he told all the men in the in the in the room to leave, right? And Amnon said unto Tamar bring the meat into my chamber that I may eat it of thy hand. Are we seeing this serpent? And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon, her brother. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her, grabbed her and said unto her, come lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, nay, my brother, do not force me. For no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not do, do not, thou this folly. Do not thou this folly. That means don't do this folly or this foolishness. Please. It says, and I whither shall I cause my shame to go and as for thee. This is King James. So now, you know, I probably should be reading this one in the New Living Translation so y'all could get a better, you know, understanding. But you can read it in the New Living Translation, okay? Because <laughs> It's a challenge for me and I love to, you know, make my brain work. So let's just, I mean, just, just humor me for a moment. It says, and, and, and I, whether, why shall I cause my shame to go? That means why should I give up my virginity? Amen. See the spirit of God gives me understanding. And that's why I love it because when he speaks, when he, open, I, I uh, pray for the Lord to open the eyes of my understanding when I read the word. And so now after praying that so much, naturally, he knows what to do when I read and and I'm trying to figure it out. He gives me the eyes, the understanding or opens it up, opens my eyes of understanding. Amen. And does the same for you, too. Amen. So if you haven't been praying that, ask the Lord to do that. and, And the King James will be easy for you. It says, and I. Why shall I cause my shame to go? And as for you, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. You're going to be like a foolish man in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Now she's actually trying to get him to let her go. So she's telling him, just go talk to my daddy. You know, how be it? He would not hearken unto her voice. He wouldn't listen to her. But being stronger than she was, He forced her and laid with her. He raped her. He raped her. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly. Immediately after he raped her, he hated her. So that the hatred wherein he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. Ain't that just like... A no good, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Ladies, that's why we should never give it up before God sends us our husband. That's why we should save, keep ourselves for our husband. That's why we should do that. And, and if God has, has blessed you and graced you to be single again after already giving it up, hold on to your virginity because he's making you, he's renewing you as a virgin now. Hold on to your goods. Hold on to your goods. Hold on because what happens is we are, for those of us that have we already know what happens as you lay as soon as you let it go or as soon as someone takes it from you same thing you know then it's like they despise you if they're not your husband they they despise you and they're like you know suddenly they change don't they they change and and then they 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 say oh go on go on you're you're a harlot you're a whore you're a whore now why because You defiled me and I'm a whore now. You see, you see. So this is the, this is the demonic kind of love, quote unquote, love. The Bible says that he said he loved her. (laughs) It's very far from God's love. See, this is the devil, how the devil was loving you before you came into the Lord. Before you surrendered to God. This is the devil's love. Yeah. Let me just take the precious life from you. Let me just take what is precious. I want the precious. I want to take what's valuable from you. I want to dehumanize you. I want to demonize you and leave my filth in you. I want to defile you. You see. And then afterwards, be gone. You're useless. My job is done here. That's what the demons are saying. My job is done. Are we seeing it? Are we seeing it? That's not love. Don't fall for the trap. Don't fall for the okie-doke. do. is not love. Some women still think it's love. And they keep going back to these no good men thinking that that is love. Some people keep running back to the same demons. The same familiar spirits because it's familiar because you think it's, it loves you somehow. You know, they, you think you, you, you think they love you somehow. You know, we really, really don't understand that the devil is not our friend. (laughs) He's not verse 16. It says, and she said, uh, he told her, he said, arise, be gone. Now you just sent sending her out. And she said unto him, there is no cause. There is no reason. This evil in sending me away is greater than that than the other that you did to me. But he would not listen to her. Then he called his servant that ministered to him and said, put this woman out of here and bolt and lock the door behind her. And she had a garment of diverse colors upon her, though. She also had a coat of many colors. Like Joseph. Yeah. For for with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins appareled. The Bible says in Psalm, uh, Psalm 45, I think it is. It says that, you know, the king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is of wrought gold. It says the king's daughters that were virgins uh, appareled. Uh, then his servant brought her out and locked the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head. This was their. This is, this is how they mourned in their tradition. Um, she put ashes on her head and rent her garments of her diverse colors that was on her. And laid her hand on her head and went on crying. And Absalom, her brother, said unto her, Have Amnon thy brother been with thee? Has Amnon been with you? But hold your peace, my sister. He's your brother. Regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother's house. Amen. But when King David heard of all these things, he was very wroth. He was very angry. And Absalom said unto his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad, but Absalom hated Amnon. Because he had forced his sister to marry. Now, Absalom was a fool his, himself. When we, if, if those of you who know, you know about Absalom, you know, he, he was foolish enough to try to take the throne from his father and that didn't work out too well. He got, he was, he got caught up, uh, in a tree and, and hung by his own hair. <laughs> you know, God is like, no, nope. you know, so, um, Uh, I I showed you that to show you that um, God's love is a giving love. It is a giving love. It is an unselfish love. Amen. But the devil's love always takes. It always takes. It always seeks the precious life to take it to take it away he wants to take your purity he wants to defile you he wants to confuse you he wants to destroy you he wants to destroy you and he wants to take your soul to hell with him so you know he that's not love at all That, that that that's not love at all that's not love at all now um what is the lord saying here he's saying Um, that many of these churches, as I said before, are harlot churches. They don't understand the love of God. Uh, Perhaps they don't understand because they never suffered anything with him. He said, if you suffer with me, you shall reign with me. You know, perhaps they they, they weren't able to endure hardness as a good soldier. They murmured and complained or went after other means of satisfaction. Amen. And they call and they labeled it faith, but it wasn't faith. Right. You know, you know, I mean, if you are, this is what the Lord said to me. He said, many of these churches are harlot churches. And you can tell the harlot churches because they continually chase after money or bail. They are in love with money. And they have other lovers beside me. God said uh, to to them, I'm just another God. Like one of their idols that they worship for material things. And if you notice, that's all they really talk about is material things. God's going to bless you with a house. He's going to bless you with a car. He's going to bless you with money. Going to fill your bank account. Checks in the mail. New, you know, new job. New business, uh, husband on the way, baby on the way, blah blah everything is material, fleshly, carnal, right? They don't they, they they teach you how to even depend on God for these things to meet your needs. The Bible says that you don't have to ask me to meet your needs if I'm your husband. Do I not know what you have need of before you even ask if I'm your husband, if I'm your father or your husband, I know what you have need of before you ask. And it also goes as far as to say that I will, if he, it says that, uh, I will give you the desires of your heart. If you, what, if you, What? If you do what is pleasing in my sight or if you um, delight yourself, that's the word I was looking for, sorry. Delight yourself in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. Uh, You know, I will do exceedingly and abundantly even above all you can ask or think. Yeah, Uh, according to the faith that works in you. Do you have faith in me? Do you trust me? Now, now, I'm giving you the prophetic part of this. Now he says that he says they 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 um, to me to them I'm like I'm just like another idol, just like another god to them that they worship for material things. The false the 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 uh, the uh, pagan uh, pagans worshipped other gods for material things like these things, you know, for pro- prosperity, wealth, um, good health. <clears throat> Good weather, (laughs) uh, babies, fertility, Uh, you know, that's what they went in and offered sacrifice to their God for. And God is saying these churches, he said, you're no different than them. You're no different than them. And then he said this, he said, a harlot church is one that professes to love me, but in works, they deny me. Their works show that their heart belongs to another man. They're not faithful to their husband. They are unfaithful, adulterers and harlots. In works, they deny him professing to love him, but in works, they deny him. Why? Because he can't get into their services. He can't heal people. He can't set the captive free. He can't deliver anyone in there. He can't do anything. He he can't even get in there. Because of all their programs and their time schedule and their this and their that, you know, and, and and counting the membership and the seats and the numbers and, you know, all this stuff. And God says, you te- you're telling me you love me, but you're not acting like it. In works, you deny me. Now, this is on a personal individual level, too, not just churches. But God is speaking because the heart, listen, let me just finish this and you'll find out. And then he said, these types of churches, you will see them fail. You will see them fall because the anointing, the presence and the glory uh, of me shall depart from them. Ichabod is upon that house. Though they may remain functioning or seem to remain functioning in the physical realm, yet in the spirit realm, they are as Samson when he lost the anointing. The Bible says that he shook himself and wist not or knew not that the spirit of the Lord had departed from him. They don't even know that, that the spirit of the Lord is gone. They don't even know that Christ is, is gone. That the Lord, the, 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 the God that they come beating and crying out to, and you know, is is not there perhaps he's on vacation you know perhaps it says he said um the Bible uh, uh, says that he shook him, Samson shook himself, and he wist not, that, and he knew, uh, wist not, or knew not that the Spirit of the Lord had departed. They don't even know that Christ is gone. So why? Because, he says, I asked, I said, okay, why is this? And he said, because they are blind. This is why they don't know that he's gone, because I didn't even understand. And he said, because they're blind. That's why they don't know. They're blind leading the blind now meaning that they are in spiritual darkness now. And when you're in the dark, you can no you can no longer see. Amen. You cannot see any longer. They're in spiritual darkness. So they keep having church, they keep going around the same mountain not knowing and not realizing that hey, I'm not there. I moved out. Yeah? He he's not there. And then he says this, he says, um, the Philistines, remember the Philistines, they plucked out Samson's eyes so that he could no longer see. So when we do this, God gives us over to our enemies. (laughs) And yeah, because you wanted to, you, you, you fell asleep in the lap of Delilah, You fell asleep in the lap of Delilah and now your eyes have been plucked out and you can't see. You can't see. The Lord says, be careful, men and women of God, leaders of the flock of God. Let us not be found as a harlot nor as a foolish virgin who was unprepared when the groom showed up. They missed their own wedding because they were unprepared. This is a warning now. They were unprepared. Please hear me today. They were unprepared. He says, let us prepare and prepare well now before it's too late. Let us prepare well. Let us prepare well. God is not talking to church buildings. He's speaking to individuals who make up his body, which is his church, which is his bride. Amen. We are all temples of the Holy Ghost. We are all churches. Individual temples of the Holy Ghost. We make up the church. We are the church. Amen. He says what? They profess to love me. But in works, they deny me. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, you know it. In other words, God, you already know whether I love you or not, because you can see into my heart. You know. However, Jesus says to Peter, if you love me, do this. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Are you seeing it? Your love must still be proven. He will test. He will still test your love. He will still test your love. He will still test your love. Why does he do this? Because the heart, you see, it's not because he don't know that you love him. It's because we need to know. We need to to know of a surety that we love him that we're with him, that we're down, you know, no matter what, ride or die. You know what I'm saying? Bonnie and Clyde, you know? Yeah. He said, why does he do this? Why does he test it? Because the heart, the Bible says the heart is 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 evil and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Right. And we, mu- we have to prove to ourselves that we truly love God. And we must also prove to Satan that we truly love God because he'll try to he'll try you now. He will try you now. He will try you and he will bring you other things to pull you away from God. He will even try to pervert your love for God, which he's done to these harlot churches. He has corrupted them. He has corrupted them. Yeah, because he tempted them. He offered them things just like he offered Jesus in the in the wilderness. And Jesus had enough sense to say, I already got that stuff. Already belonged to me. I know who I am. I know. Why, I know my last name. I know who I belong to. Right. So we have to prove it. And, and 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 Satan will also try to steal your love for God or destroy your love for God. He's known as the Accuser, meaning. This is how one of his one of his tricks. Right. He's the accuser of the brethren. Right. So he will accuse you to the father and then he will also in turn accuse the father to you to turn you against your own husband. Oh, God. Have you ever seen? <laughs> have you ever seen that before? A woman trying to creep in and slither into your marriage. Right. And she's lying and pitting you against one another. Yeah. Maybe she's a friend of the family, you know, or somebody, you know, and and you never know that that woman's motive is to destroy your marriage, destroy your happy home. That's the enemy. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, accusing you to your husband and accusing your husband to you. This is Satan. He will accuse you to the father. But guess what? He's also accusing the father to you. Be careful. We have to be careful. We have to be careful, especially in this hour. We have to be careful because the Lord is coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. Our husband is coming soon. Amen. He's coming soon. And so we we have to... Um, we have to be very careful here. We have to tread lightly here. And and we have to uh learn how to endure hardness as a good soldier. You know, I don't know any man that wants a weak wife who can't stand in the day of battle when he's going through. She can't get she can't get his back, his side, his neck, his ankle. She can't hold up nothing, you know, and she ain't got no no strength you know i'm saying like she she can't pray him through she can't see him through she can't encourage him through i mean what are you what good are you then you know what good are you here why do i need you you see what i mean so we have to learn how to endure hardness as a good soldier because it makes us strong because jesus is strong He's not weak and his, yes, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So it's okay for us to be, you know, to lean on him when we're weak, you know, it's okay to lean on your husband when you're weak, to lay on his shoulder and cry on his shoulder. And he'll tell you, baby, it's going to be all right. Come on now, come on now, you know, but at the same time, he expects you to come on now (laughs) because we got things to do. We got things to do and we can't stay here. Now you can weep and may endure for a night. But joy cometh in the morning. Now you got to get up and you got to come on now. See what I mean? You see what I mean? So that's the reason why trials come to make us strong. That's the reason why many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers us out of them all. That's the reason for the testing and the temptation. That is the reason. That is the reason we must learn how to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You know, the enemy doesn't respect anything that doesn't carry any power. He doesn't respect anyone who's weak and can't stand up to him. In yesterday's teaching with uh, Pastor Isaiah, he said, uh, "He said, don't worry. He said, go ahead and and and, and cast out devils. You know, because." Most of these devils out here, they've never seen a believer like you before. They'll respect your authority. They'll respect your anointing when you stand up to them. You know, when you take authority, don't let them run it. You run it. Don't let them take over the deliverance. No, you take over. Don't let them do too much talking. Gather the information needed and then tell them to shut up and come out, (laughs) you know, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have to we gotta soldier up, y'all. We can't be no weak water down. No, 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 no. The bride of Christ, the bride know who knows who she is, whose she is, and she is a woman of strength. She is one a woman who is clothed in honor and strength and glory, wisdom, you know, integrity. You know what I mean? She she's clothed. Read Psalm forty-five. You'll see it. You'll see it there. Amen. Thank you, uh, brother, uh, sister, or sister. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Prayerful things. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah. So you know, so you you so you have to. You have to. You have to learn how to endure. And like I always say, you know, stay in the fire until you become fire, because God makes His ministers a flame of fire. You know, he, it, 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 it's fire that, that ter- terrorizes and torments demons. It is the fire of the living God. Amen. And so that's the reason for the fire brands. That's the reason he plucks you out. He's like, uh-huh, I'm going to use, I'm going to use this one. This is a good, a good hot iron right here. I'm, I'm just going to let this, I'm going to let y'all demons have it. Cause I know where she been. I know where he been, you know what I'm saying? I know where he been. So, yeah, that's the reason. That is the reason. And so God is saying, be strong. Scripture says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Never think that you can do this thing on your own. You have to depend on your husband. You have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you can't say, you know, I'm an island and I don't need you because the two of you are one. You're You are one. You are, we are joined unto him, right? We are co-laborers in this thing with him, right? And we are joined together in him. Amen. And so, you know, we, except we abide in him, we can do nothing for the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. Stay in him, stay in him. Amen. Don't try to think you can do it on your own. I tried that for many years. I'm telling you, it don't work. And it was fear that was making me do that. Fear that the Lord wasn't gonna stay, wasn't gonna be with me. He wasn't gonna show up. Yeah, he shows up every time I rely on him when I trust him. He shows up every single time. So he's faithful. He's not gonna, he's not like other men. He's not gonna leave you. He's not gonna forsake you. He's not gonna just throw you away. Even even uh, Hosea didn't throw Gomer away. God didn't throw the harlot away. He, he didn't. He, he, he said, no, I'm going to bring you. I, 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 I know how to get you back. I'm going to I'm going to bring you out here to the wilderness, teach you some survival skills <laughs> and teach you how to depend on me. That's what I'm going to do. So, you know, that that is what uh, that's what the Lord is saying. That is what I hear the Lord saying. And I'm going to leave this. Uh, because I have more on Thursday, and then we're going to pray on Thursday, um, and we are going to be praying um, on Thursday here uh, against um, the spirit of whoredoms. We're going to be praying against the spirit of whoredoms and spiritual adultery. Um, Spiritual adultery is a real thing, you know, just like natural adultery. That's what it was called in the Bible. It was called spirit it was, it was called adultery like you're cheating on God you know what I mean you're running you, you know you' you're uh you you're you're running away from your husband or you leave your first love you know you're cheating on him it's called adultery it's called adultery and so uh, we're gonna be praying against that because um many of us uh, may not realize that we are doing that but we are yeah we are because the enemy, like we just read, is very cunning. He's very subtle. Sometimes you don't even know because he done blinded you and, and, and put your eyes out. And you like, oh, I fell asleep in the lap of Delilah. Now I, I can't see. I can't see, you know? And and then you there you go. So we need to we, we, we need to um get our eyes open and we need to uh, get free from these spirits. And we also need to uh we need to go to war against the spirit of whoredoms, man, because it's running rampant in the church. I have seen some things. It's running rampant in the church and my heart weeps for the people because I, I just asked the Lord. I said, Lord, what are we going to do? Because we got to do something about this. I mean, these people are suffering. These people are being taken advantage of. They're being manipulated. They're being charged all kind of registration fee for this, that, and the other and the third. And then once they get through all that and get in there, there is no word for them. Where is the word of the Lord? The word of the Lord. The Bible says that there should be a famine in the earth, not for meat or drink, but for the hearing of my word. My word. Not letter, not scripture, but my word, rhema, life-giving word. My word that is spirit and life. Amen. That is what we need to hear. And Jesus told him, he said, no, don't listen to them when they tell you, come over here. Jesus is over here. Oh, the Lord is moving over there. He's moving over here. He said, don't listen to them. Don't follow them. Because I'm not over there. <laughs> Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man. I'm right here with you. <laughs> I'm right here with you. Yeah, he said, don't follow after them. Got you running around, buying plane tickets. Now, is it, if it's for a... A sincere and genuine move of God, anointing, and you know what you're going for, you know what I'm saying? You know it's the real deal. Hey, by all means, you know, I would go too, you know what I mean? But it's very sad to say that more often, a lot more often than not, that's not the case. That's just not the case. These people have made this thing a whole business, a whole business. So I'm going to get off of here, you guys. I've been on here too long, and I love you. I'll be here Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time for another episode of How to Slay in Prayer. And we're going to war against the spirit of adultery and the spirit of whoredoms. Amen. So I love you guys. Uh, Take care. And I pray that this word be sealed to your hearts. I pray that this word would penetrate every part of your being, every part of your spirit, your soul, your mind, that you would be Filled with the knowledge of God's will and with the knowledge of his love for you. And as Apostle Paul prayed, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That you may know what the hope of his calling is for you. And that you may know the magnitude, the length, the width, the the depth, and the height of God's love for you. And that we are to love him. With all our hearts, with all our minds, our souls, and our strength. And we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And that's what gives us the power to cast out demons. Amen. That's what gives us the power to enforce the kingdom of God in the earth. I heard my mentor say, uh, Apostle Bagani, he said that deliverance is the kingdom of God in manifestation, It is the kingdom of God in action for all the world to see. So keep going. Keep going, you guys. And I love you and I will see you soon. And I will be praying for you. Please uh, keep me in your prayers as well. Amen. Like, comment, and share this video uh, with someone who needs it. It would help me a lot if you would like the video. uh, Give it a thumbs up if it blessed you. That helps me here on YouTube. And also, um, leave a comment and let me know your thoughts. Uh, concerning the message of what the Lord said to you or, or you know, or what you, uh, what was confirmed to you. Amen. Uh, it also helps me to know, you know, uh, also, you know, what, what, uh, what's next, you know, what the Lord may be saying next or what to bring next to you. I have three messages in the pipeline. Next week is going to be, I think it's going to be a very busy week because God has loaded me and, and and I have three in the pipeline right now that um, we are um, getting ready to roll out for next week. So t- next week, we're going to be really busy and um, I'm going to be dropping some minis, uh, some shorts and, you know, the regular messages as well. Amen. And just read the comments here. Sorry, you guys. Uh, sister. Hey, sister Melissa. Hey, sis, how are you? She said yes. Um, Sister Denisha says, amen. Thank you, sis. God bless you. Thank you for being here, for your support, all of you, your support. Very good word. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. It means the world to me um, that you guys are here with me. Um, Sister says, good word. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And to God be all the glory. To God be all the glory. To God be all the glory. So, uh, yeah, I love you guys. And I'm going to let you go and get on with your evening, and I will see you uh, in a couple days, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Don't forget also Friday. um, Did I roll out? Yeah, I posted it on YouTube and and Facebook and also Instagram. Uh, My sister and I, Sister Melissa, we're going to be letting you in on our phone calls, (laughs) and um, we're having another uh, episode of Kingdom Conversation. so get ready it's going to be juicy it's going to be good you know it's going to get real you know what i mean and that's just how we keep it so um i hope you uh enjoy it and everything and uh yeah we said we're just going to start letting you guys in on our phone calls and also this is a um uh, this is a uh i was going to say it's a show I, I don't know what else to call it really because it's not me it's not really dropped me you know preaching or teaching or anything but um uh this is a, a series that is uh, going to be opened up or is now opened up to um to uh special guests or anyone who has a word from the lord that they want to come and release amen I know, uh, ministers, I know those that are sitting, you know, on the pews and warming the benches that are carrying the word of the Lord, but they're not being able, they're not, have not been able to release the word that they're carrying, but they, they're ready to drop. They're ready to give birth. And all they need is, a you know, just somebody to hold their hand and just let them push that thing out, you know? So, you know, I love, you know, one of my sisters is on here, you know, I helped her have her baby, <laughs> you know? And it was, it was just like, I was like, okay, come on, let's do this thing. You know? So that's a, that is a great joy for me is to help you push, to help you push that thing out, you know? So if you have a word from the Lord and you want to release that word, you know, I believe in you and I'm rooting for you. And I want you to uh, know that, you know, uh, we're, we're available here. You know what I'm saying? We're available um, to help you with that, we're available to help you with that and uh, Kingdom Conversations. Um, if you uh come on and release, I know some anointed men and women of God. Man, you wouldn't even believe. Uh, oh, one of them just showed up on the stream, hey Sister Tanita. <laughs> Glory to God, mm-hmm. and so yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, reach out and, um, send me a, shoot me an email or let me know, Hey, you know, don't be shy either. You know what I'm saying? I, I got a word from the Lord and I want to release it. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to drop. I'm ready to drop, you know, and, and we can get you on and, uh, just, you know, gonna let that thing out and we're going to be right there cheering you on. Amen. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a blessing. So, Yeah, that's what we got coming Friday. This Friday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time is Kingdom Conversations with Sister Melissa. Whereas, you know, I don't know if she's going to preach or whatever. It's just whatever God, you know, leads her to do. But we just want to share, you know, what our conversations are, what what our talks are like, because every time, you know, um, we talk, um, the spirit of God starts just moving in that conversation and we start sharpening each other like crazy. And it's just, you know, all to the glory of God. And so, um, we want to share that with you because we feel like that will be a blessing to you. And we also want to open it up to special guests and others to come and also share what they have from the Lord. Amen. So that's all I meant to say. And I didn't mean to ramble there, but I love you guys and I'm going to let you go now and, um, I'll see you soon. Take care. Leave me a comment. See you soon. Bye-bye.